Welcome to another fantabulous episode of Technically Speaking. Yeah. Today, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of buzzwords called AI. Mm-hmm. And particularly, we're going to dig into generative AI, which is a whole other set of interesting capabilities. And so, you know, the thing about it that's amazing to me, Mark, is um, I hate buzzwords because they're so generic. And so AI is stuff that we've been working on as a computer industry as long as I can remember. And anymore, I'm starting to feel like philosophically, we should not be talking about what it is, but we should be talking about what we want to do with it. Uh And the thing that I love the most about this generative AI space, oops, I said that. The thing I love about these developments the most is it allows us to uh, have context. So say I'm writing code and I'm struggling with something. I'd love if there was a way to look through the body of code that my peers have written. And I think we can get there through this tooling. So anyway, Mark, what say you? What do you think about this space? Got any opinions? Yeah, well, you hit on a couple points there. One is the longevity of AI. The first neural network I ever worked on uh, was under the Bush administration. And I do mean the first Bush administration. Happy? Uh, My favorite Bush. This was in the, you know, in the early 90s. But we went into this AI winter and there was questions about is AI, first off, possible? Next, uh, is it even useful? And thirdly, is it monetizable? And and over the years, kind of coming into about 2014, that's when some of the big hurdles started disappearing. And all of a sudden, what was old is new again. A lot of the uh, deep learning. Boom, I got another buzzword. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Mark, did you say AI winter for a minute there? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. what's an AI winter? Yeah, so the AI winter was about starting about 94, 95, uh, when the technology at the time kind of hit the limit of the compute power that was financially available and the amount of training data all of a sudden with the advent of uh, kind of the social networking craze um, and vast, nice labeled training data that was out there uh, became ubiquitous. It was just out there. The time in between, um, we kind of hit the limit and, oh my gosh, the limit is gone. This is colloquially called the AI winter. So coming out of that, the question about was it feasible started to kind of disappear. And the next thing was, what are we going to do with it? And is it monetizable? Is yeah. this mortgage a good risk, right? So it was a classification and decision-making. Does this transaction look fraudulent? Uh, perfect example. Yeah. One of the things that started being developed along the same time is this idea of a generative adversarial network or a GAN. But basically, it's something that generates music, a video, a picture, text, and a discriminator that looks at it and determines whether it's getting closer to the goal. Now we've got the AI actually producing artifacts as opposed to just consuming them. So with generative AI, probably the best example people are familiar with is uh, like ChatGPT, which is a very sophisticated uh, generative AI. ChatGPT by OpenAI, as an example, trained on just about all the data on the internet they could get their hands on to up until about 2021. Being trained on all of the internet, that means you're being trained on a hell of a lot of cat videos and a hell of a lot of political opinion and a heck of a lot of sports pontification. Uh, But you're being trained on that. 